0: Hello and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, and experts in the field of business resilience. Uh, Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, Today, uh, I have the pleasure of Paul Unwin. Uh, Welcome, Paul. Good morning, hi. Good to see you, Paul. Uh, I'm just gonna tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, You're the Smart Motorways uh, Program regional lead sponsor for Highways England. And and you've worked in many roles within Highways England for over 26 years. Uh, So you've got a a plethora of experience uh, in that particular sector. Uh, But you're also the the visiting lecturer at the Coventry University for the Global Leaders Program and also the civil engineering course. And so that's good. And today we are going to be exploring how we develop emerging leaders. It's a bit of a passion for myself and I know it's a passion for you as well. So I'm hoping for a good conversation. Uh, But before we get into that, um, I just want to ask you, what do you love about what you do?
1: Yeah, thank you. and. So I've been involved in construction in all my working life, really, as a, as a client. And what really kind of drives me and gets me up in the morning is the whole range of what construction is about. I see schemes right from you know the, the, the concept right through to benefits realisation. Uh, so with the work I'm doing on smart motorways, part of my role is putting together the business case, uh, all the kind of the, the, the benefits, looking at. Um, what it means for for people, and I'm really more concerned around the the outcomes rather than the outputs. So our delivery teams obviously deliver all the the technology, drains, pavement structures. What I'm interested in is the difference it makes for the economy, for connecting business, for connecting families together. And you know, it's a joy when when you you work with a scheme you know, for three, four, five, six years from that initial concept, taking it right the way through uh, to seeing the outcome uh, and the benefits it it gives in terms of more reliable journey times, safer, uh, et cetera, and extra capacity. So,
0: yeah, love it. Yeah, and I I love it that you like the outcomes as opposed to the sort of in the actual project itself because you're involved in massive uh, long-term project that costs millions. Um, But it's great that you you like the outcomes, which – is why i think you have this thing about leadership as well because you love the outcomes of of what that brings to an organization and what that brings to the the individuals involved and you know emerging leaders are i think it's really important to to harness that potential and harness that sort of um ability and skill set within the organization so just going back into that from your own experience and you've had a lot of experience how, how have you spotted somebody is deemed as like an emerging leader? What, what what sort of characteristics have you found that you've gone ah they look like they could be on for a more therefore I'm going to spend a bit more time with them.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a range of skill sets. and it's it's I kind of combine it all under the heading of positive behaviours really, of flexibility, of wanting to contribute and and take part and in get involved. And I almost also go that extra mile. There's there's a curiosity, with some mm. people, you know with young people of you know what what that's about. They they definitely kind of stand out. What started it for me, Julian, was um, I'm on uh, one of the assessors for our graduate program within highways England, and we have a lot of good candidates, but some of the candidates I was very concerned kind of didn't have the kind of communication skills. Uh, to be engaging, to do something like this, mm. yeah, you know. So that's what started me off going into Commerce University as a, as a visiting, visiting lecturer. I, I was at a, a, an event, and I got talking to one of the, the executives there, and I said to them, you know, you've got some really good people, but, you know, really they could do with somebody coming in and talking to them about about what business is like and what our expectations are as, as employers, and mm. it is a, of skills um so I go on and talk about positive leadership behaviors about yeah not being afraid to contribute not being afraid to to have a view so I think it's really really hard I think you know I think back to when I started in the work and probably same for you Julian you know it's like you know what is what is common here what is usual here what is expected here Mm -hmm. am I allowed to have an opinion am I allowed to have a voice Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of the work that I do you definitely are and we want to hear from you. I want to hear your different perspectives. Uh, We're very much uh, more a diverse and an inclusive workplace, thank goodness. still Mm. a lot more to do in that space there, but uh, that's what I'm doing every day, working on inclusion and diversity and giving our young
0: future leaders a voice. That's great. And and have you, you, in your time, obviously either through the graduate sort of programs you you run uh, in your business, have you got any examples where perhaps you spotted somebody and and perhaps they didn't even think themselves they were an emerging leader? Because I think sometimes people don't always realise. Uh, and have you, have you got an example where you saw somebody, you saw some aspects and then started to create and give some encouragements for that, I guess?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, ve- and very recently, uh, actually. So we take our graduates on every September. Uh, they start with us. Uh, and we've taken graduates on through through lockdown as well, which has been a very interesting experience for them and for us. Some of the graduates we would never met face to face. But what uh, we do and what I do is um, I set up kind of mentoring meetings uh, with them. And one, one in particular uh, started with us in September 2019. I'm having to think of the dates now. I, I feel like we've lost a year. <laughs> <laughs> 2019 they're in their second year and they came to us actually from Coventry University um but they came to us with a uh, a kind of psychology uh, degree which is very interesting uh and the first question is you know why do you want to be into into project management and a lot of it was around their interest in organizational behavior mm. so it's certainly not the case. You know, when we're looking at future leaders in our business that we, you know, just default to civil engineers, it's very much open. And I've had you know uh, people study politics, sociology, psychology, um, mm. business, all, all these different ranges, because it's very much those kind of business skills and and having an interest in how people think. So with this particular I- I- individual, mm. um she was clearly had a voice she clearly wanted something to 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 say and wanted to make a difference so in my mentoring meetings with her um, I kind of provided opportunities and part of the thing that I do as a mentor and I think what most mentors do is is signpost our mentees to opportunities to get involved and to kind of shadow some other senior leaders in the business Uh, but also kind of shadow me and work with me uh, talking to other students so I took her with me uh, to listen to one of my kind of lectures back at Coventry University and I asked her to kind of you know if you feel comfortable contribute and she did and and she was really really good Uh, and I think the students could relate to her because I think it's really really hard that transition I think from university into business Mm. and she shared how what it was like for her what her journey was on that and how you know she had to kind of reassess her, her position and anyone moving from one business to another or a university into business you build a kind of friendship and a network and a status in an organization and you have to kind of rebuild that so a lot of the work i do is absolutely right is building that confidence getting involved don't be afraid to contribute and you know she's gone on now um, we've got something called a, a graduate and apprentice network within our organization mm. and she's very much uh, heading that um because kind of helped to build up that confidence and shown her that she has got a voice and um she uh is from a um kind of BAME background uh, as mm. well she's taking very much an interest in diversity and inclusion as well which is great to see
0: brilliant and and, it, and it's you you clearly have a not just yourself but your organization has a real um involvement in taking whether it's graduates or young leaders and and investing in them and, and growing them and um, has it always been like that in your organization and how did you create that sort of culture because there's a lot of organizations do it almost perhaps to either tick box or yeah. just to get real talent and that's that's it and are they truly sort of developing talent for the long term uh, or just very short term they're quite cheap graduates in terms of cost mm-hmm. uh, in that sense are they truly investing so have, did you make a, as an organization a, a real sort of a step change or strategic intent for that and, and how did you develop sort of culture across the not yourself just other sort of um, leaders in the organization
1: yeah really really good question and it's been a journey for us over a number of years I think, um, you know, going back 10 years, a graduate program would, would look very, very different. It was strictly kind of civil engineers, electrical engineers, uh, 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 et cetera. Uh, but we've developed into a, a very good program. You know, I would say that, but I think uh, when you look across businesses, ours is, is, is you know, marked as, as one of the best. Uh, in terms of what we offer, so we offer you know, a good pay, a good rate of pay to, to begin with, and it's a three-year program and it's across a number of different skill sets. So it can be accounting, it can be electrical engineering, quantity surveying, um, civil engineering, of course, but but general kind of project management uh, Mm. as well. And in that three years, uh, we uh, put the uh, graduates on some professional kind of training. So the Association of Project Management courses, for example, APM, or if it's accounting, then the, the relevant kind of accounting courses. So they'll they'll end their graduate placement with hopefully a, a professional qualification mm. uh, within the three years as well they'll have uh, a lots of placements uh, within different bits of the business so usually between between kind of six months and nine month placements um, we we'll give them the first placement but then we want them to work um, to find their own kind of placements in you know, as they go through the program, mm. which is really good, because it gets them kind of thinking themselves about yeah. what they do want to do, and just as important, actually, what they don't want to do. You know, um, for myself, I'm, I'm more kind of inclined to the kind of the politics, the media and comms, not so much on the kind of process side of, uh, of procedures. Mm. Uh, it's really good, you know, that we have people that that like that and, and enjoy that. And, a lot of it is understanding, you know, people's personalities and their preferences. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I like to suggest to to the grads as they come in is is do an MBTI, do a a sixteen personalities test to yeah. find, out, you know, what your your personal profile is, just to get some self awareness. That mm-hmm. will help you, and it will help the team as well to understand you. So we do that very very reg- regular with our teams. Because uh,
0: developing because developing people and leaders is not just about skills of you know whether it's an accountancy course or an engineering sort of professional type of qualification, yeah. it's the people element. It's the soft skills as well, isn't it? And because you know leadership is not just about oh I've got numerous degrees yeah. or qualification, um, it is yeah. about the soft skills. And just just on that, do you is your emerging leaders are they just all graduates or do you take people who are actually don't have a degree and you spot somebody who's got an element of potential. And again, do you have a a, a way of developing those people as opposed to just people from a, a, a sort of graduate background?
1: Yeah, yes, certainly, certainly. So there are various ways of you know get, getting on in the business. Uh, we take apprentices on, we've got a very good apprentice programme, we've got a graduate programme, but we've got the kind of general programme as well. So I mentor a number of people across the business whether they're graduates or apprentices or not, or, or whether they've, you know, kind of come in and mm-hmm. have just kind of working their way through 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 the business. Because, yeah, it's, you know, there is that kind of the school of life, the school of hard, hard knocks, if you like, uh, approach to, uh, 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 to, to to business and to leadership, which is just as valid, you know. Um, I've often said, you know, if I've kind of two people in front of me, one with kind of a great of engineering in, in engineering degree on paper but they haven't got the communication skills and somebody with the common skills and, and not that you know not the the the, the paperwork mm. i'm going to pick up with, with the communication skills because yeah. i can teach civil engineering much much quicker than i can you know the the personality approach the soft skills the the you know kindness understanding gratitude respect dignity mm. all of the things that that you know make my day at work uh, mm. more interesting and 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 you know less painful. Just treating each other with dignity and respect, and and especially you know as I, I keep coming back to kind of diversity and inclusion as well. Very much a, a multicultural workspace. Mm. Uh, I, I work in Birmingham, very much a multicultural city, which I love, and our workforce reflects that, and mm. and, is, and is doing more so. Uh, as well and we're having those open conversations around you know things like you know white privilege you know what what does that mean Mm and we need to hear about that about what uh, life is like for for non-white people in uh Mm -hmm. you know people of color in our business you know what have your difficulties been and how can we change things still got Mm -hmm. a huge way to go but we're having you know open and honest conversations about that now and you know again with our young leaders as well You know, just understanding, especially if our young leaders are people of colour as well, really Mm. talking to them about what leadership is and and maybe some of the um, kind of struggles they've had in the past and what we can do as a company Mm. to to help and assist you uh, and make our environment comfortable for you.
0: Yeah, you made an interesting point on the whole diversity and inclusion. I think it's good to start, as people enter an organisation, to really start to open their minds to that uh, way of thinking, as opposed to trying to I almost reset those unconscious bias later on, because uh, we'll all come with a bias. Um, but if you can start to instill, yeah. and it's not just about training, is it? It's more about just observing other people, how they respond and react uh, and make decisions in in context of diversity inclusion. inclusion. Um, in terms of when you spot an emerging leader, whether they're, they're a graduate program or the not a graduate program they're just somebody you you think of some potential what are the sort of support or things you will do i mean i know from my own experience when i saw somebody who had sort of high potential um i would start to test that high potential by giving them you know a project or some more responsibility with obviously support i I just think what are the sort of things you're doing yourself or as an organization that starts to almost test that potential because it does need to be tested doesn't it
1: it it, it doesn't. I'll come back to the graduate program. So it, it it's definitely we give people responsibility, and, and the word I use is ownership. Yeah, ownership of a project, however small or or big, uh, it's really really important for 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 those people, whether they're graduates or not, or you know whatever role that they're in, to have that ownership. It's it's theirs. It's their baby, if you like, because then they will invest in it, invest time in it. And you're absolutely right. I'm there. I'm kind of ultimately accountable and responsibility for the, for the outcomes, coming back to that word. Uh, but I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and, and say to, to Fred, yeah, this is a piece of work, I want you to do it this way, uh, do that, 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 and you will get that. Not how we operate. Um, I, I share what the outcomes are. You know, mm-hmm. This is the expectation of what the outcome will look like. But uh, I want you to think about how you're going to achieve that and bounce ideas off me mm. uh, certainly but you'll come to it you know with a, probably a very different perspective than than, than mm. i will and that's what i'm interested in you know i'm interested in those very different views of you know what that outcome should 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 look like uh, and in many ways i don't really care how you get there as long as it's you know uh, to time cost and quality uh, yeah. those are kind of three things that we all we we'll we know about but that's the only kind of boundaries I'm, I'm going to put in. I'm not going to dictate how you should do it. I think that kind of kind of micromanagement uh, just just isn't appropriate um, with some well, people-
0: I, I, I totally agree, and it, it's it's actually yeah. it's releasing. It, it's and, and yeah. it's not just releasing to them, but it releases their potential because you're truly empowering them. And I, I used to have this sort of phrase: "I'm going to point you the way, but I'm not going to give you the map." And it's that yeah. sense of this is where I want you to get to, as you said, the outcome, but I'm going to allow you to think about how you're going to go about that by, you can interact with me or interact with others. And it it creates that almost that critical thinking, but also they'll come up with stuff that you didn't even think about, (laughs) which is what you want them to do and grow and develop. And
1: and creating an environment also uh, where they're allowed to fail. You know, I I talk about um, kind of falling off the bike and getting back on the bike. Um, so let me just take kind of a, a minute to describe that. So uh, any, any parents out there with children, uh, they've, they've taught their child child to ride a bike. What's the first thing that's going to happen when they you know, get their new bike? They're going to fall off it. It's an expectation. And, you know, the child will look at the parent and see, you know, is my parent going to be angry with me? Are they going to shout with me? You know, but clearly we're not because we know, you know, that's the expectation. You, that's how you learn. You know, and we're going to be there to support you. You know, take that into the workplace, especially with our new young emerging talent. You know, they want to do the right thing, uh, but we as leaders know and expect, and kind of want them to fall off and and learn uh, and do it that way. And you know, we are there to support them and and definitely you know get them back on the bike. So a lot of the work that I do is getting our people back on the bike. You know, when we talk about showing appreciation and gratitude, often that's That's reserved for for kind of times of celebration when when work has gone well. Mm. And I think we can all do that. And that's very, that's lovely. And that's, you know, it's the right thing to do. But it's even for me, even more appropriate and even more so when something goes wrong. That's when our future leaders kind of need our support Mm. uh, to say, you know, what you did there, um, kind of expected that to happen. Mm. Uh, But I'm here for you. Let's work through this together because I want to get you back on the bike. And I want you to kind of learn from that. Mm. And uh, I know you won't do that again. Um, and I'm here to support and, and guide you through it. I think if we don't do provide that support, if we just go in and say, you know, you're an idiot, blame you, the blame culture, uh, then that just kills all conversations. It, mm. You know, we lose we lose that talent. They don't even want to kind of contribute in meetings then because they feel really shut down. I've seen it so often and I've had it had to happen to me in the past. Um, some kind of leaders sadly still shut down uh, any kind of uh, opposing voice or any different opinions. Uh, and I work very, very hard to, you know, encourage a different voice and new voice and speak up. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to make a mistake.
0: And I, and I agree with you. I think mistakes are where we make the most learnings. Um, and it's and it's, but it's making sure that that failure—I don't call it failure; I call it feedback. It's an opportunity for feedback. Um, is a conversation, and then and as you're right, that helping people get on the bike, you know, instilling that confidence again. You know, what did they learn when they were on the floor, and and how they fell off? You know, it's those conversations that that starts to embed it, and they start realizing actually. This, this thing of failure or making a mistake is, is, a, is a learning opportunity, which next time embeds and creates the better behaviours. And then you start to constantly unlock that potential, which is is what you want to do. As I say, as soon as you start telling somebody they're rubbish and that's not very good, people don't yeah. want to know. They're just going to uh, retreat. It's, it it it's, it's one of the biggest issues for,
1: for us about how we get alongside our people and encourage them even through kind of poor performance and it's kind of to say to 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 colleagues you're going to expect that poor performance first of all because they they're learning to ride the bike they're still learning to do that and almost things around the expectation around the the workplace we as leaders um need to call out the kind of poor behaviors in others you know one of one of the things that we all recognize is the kind of long working culture for as long working which I call a, a lot. And I think we're doing more in the business to do that. You know, it used to be very macho, very aggressive. You know, yeah, you know, I've worked till 10 o'clock and I'll be up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm going to be working hard and do this kind of thing. And I look at them and, and part of me says, well, that's probably poor time management. And at best, it's not sustainable. And kind of what about your family? And I'm sure they don't appreciate that, those long hours as, as well. So, you know, it's a big thing for, for me. And especially, I, can't, I think COVID hasn't, hasn't helped that. You know, there are a lot of long hours now. And, you know, just for anybody watching this, just think about the hours that you're working and also the people that you're responsible for. Mm. And I would definitely encourage open conversations. And as a leader, call it out um, that we, you know, they may be thinking, you know, uh, 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 young people especially, that they're doing the right thing because that's what Mm. they see around them. But no, as, as leaders, we cast a shadow. They're looking for what we do. And I always try and present, you know, the, the, the position of, you know, my phone's going to go off at half six and I'm not going to switch it on till six, uh, till eight in the morning. And that's mm-hmm. it. You know, and my family is my family. My work is my, my work. Um, and, and if I say that another say that, then I think the message gets over, but we got to, we got to walk the talk as well. And it, it,
0: for me, it just highlights, which you just, um, wonderfully explained is, is role modeling and, one of the biggest impacts, I think, often as leaders, we forget the power of role modeling. And we can put mentoring programs in, we can put all the mm. graduate programs in. But if you're not, you know, walking the talk, so to speak, uh, and in fact, every young leader or any, any anybody is observing you, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, and there is such power in uh, the role modeling. So it's important that we are. Displaying that and not just the obviously the boundaries which you've just set out, but other aspects of how we go about whether we we sort of flap when a project goes wrong or we I don't know go into a depression when things don't go quite right is that modeling and how we how we go about things. So as we're developing these emerging leaders in organizations, what would be your I guess you can call it pitfalls or watch outs? Um, if another leader's out there listening and thinking, okay, we want to really encourage this but what are the things to just be aware of um in that context from your own experience uh, just to help people as they, they navigate through this
1: yeah i think as, as as leaders i think we need to be and we touched upon it there kind of consistent in our behaviors you know and you're absolutely right I, I, our young emerging leaders are, are, are like sponges they're watching us for for how we react in different situations you know I talk about um, kind of building on fire conversations, like with with some leaders, everything is, you know, we've got to do this now, we've got to go this, and we're doing it this way, and, and, and that is it. And then the next day, they may be completely different. It's like, okay, well, you know, well, uh, I'm not sure now. What do you think about this? And for, for me, I, I struggle with that, and I struggle with that kind of different kind of approach. Somebody can, uh, it's almost like they've woken up as a different person the next day. Um, I try to, to provide a level of, of consistency of my approach. So it's it, it's not a kind of a shock uh, to, mm. to my people of, you know, which which pool is going to turn up today, which, yeah. one, which one of your facets. So that I think that is helpful uh, to, to our young leaders that we provide a level of consistency uh, that, yeah, we definitely kind of role model those behaviours, you know, walking, walking that talk. Um, and, and and the kind of basics, are, are actually, it comes down to sometimes just kind of being kind. You know, having time for for our people on a one-to-ones. I'm a big believer in one-to-ones. Mm. And actually making them quite formal. I try and go kind of go out for a coffee. And, and I'm really looking forward to those times when we can do that again back in the office. So mm. we have our local coffees here. And um, we just chat about stuff. Mm. We chat just about, you know, kind of, uh, in in one-to-ones sometimes i'll say I, i'm only going to ask you three questions the first one's going to be how are you the second one's going to be no how are you really and the third one's going to be well no let's talk about how you are and sometimes you don't kind of get to you know the detail of work mm. I, I think the best one-to-ones aren't work uh, discussions at all it's how are you feeling about stuff you know mm. how can i offer any mark support uh, for you, and you know, what's going on in your life? What's what are the barriers and what are the boundaries mm. uh, to to you being your best self at work? You know, those kind of conversations are are the ones that I really enjoy, uh, mm. and that's I think they're really kind of mentoring conversations. So, you know, definitely make time to you know be a mentor. Uh, it's it's one of the most rewarding experiences that you will ever have. Mm. being a mentor and then seeing that young mind grow and and be a leader uh, as mm. well in, in your organisation and you know in wider organisations as well I've mm. been doing this for long now I've got lots of kind of connections now who've moved on and are in leadership positions themselves so mm. yeah it's, and and it's fostering the them that they can be them so I'm I'm not looking for kind of mirrors of me at all uh, and that's important to say I'm not mm. creating Other, others are like me I I enjoy that the different perspectives and mm. hopefully giving them space to to step into you know their self awareness of, of the type of person and mm. lead they want to bring, and 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 let them do that. Okay.
0: So so it requires commitment, doesn't it? I think it's you don't take on and you know a strategy of developing leaders through the business without the sense of commitments and supports which you just mentioned. But also that, and we just talked about before, that allowing those those sort of failures to happen as well be an expectation that things won't be quite as we expect right at the start, uh, which is important to be aware of when you're trying to raise people up. And it's important to raise people up because the future uh, generation and the future of leadership and also creates a nice, wonderful um, learning and development sort of culture as well for everybody. It's not just about leaders, it's, it's everybody in the organisation. Um, I really thank you for your time today, Paul. i uh, really valued your, your insights and your experience you've shared uh, this morning. Um, if people want to connect with you and get in touch with you, what is the best way of doing that?
1: Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, like like a lot of people, I, I absolutely love to connect with anybody who's LinkedIn who's, who's found this interesting and have further conversations. So that'd be great. Yeah,
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today. Much appreciated. Thanks, Julian. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organisation to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.